everyone. Welcome to episode 135 of 15, In Truth, with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. It feels weird to actually say that and actually be looking at Andy and Jeff. We're all here today. Yes. It, we weren't AWOL, actually. This is really a thing where... I think Randy we just, just, he, Randy just wanted we to just, himself. Yeah, we just couldn't get, we couldn't get with Randy. I, <laughs> well, you know, when every time your your taping days are Christmas Eve and then it's New Year's <laughs> Eve and it's like... Makes it hard. What? Yeah. I didn't even look at the calendar, but... I don't know why he didn't invite us over to his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. We could all share one microphone exactly. and sing Kumbaya. That might have been <laughs> fun. So 2019 is underway, which can only mean one thing to any FHC All-Pro. little uh, football uh, thing there for you. Church retreat can't be far off, right? And it's even closer. It's almost here. It's almost here. This year it may yeah. sneak up on you faster than you're expecting. And if you haven't been paying attention or if you haven't downloaded the FHC mobile app, you've got a push notification. But I digress. We are a mere five weeks, five weeks, not wakes. If you're awake, it might be five weeks from the annual FHC church retreat at Camp Kalakwa. Registration is already open this past Saturday, so don't delay in getting your reservations absolutely positively now, or you'll be, I mean, can you just, like, put your sleeping bag out on the lawn? Yeah, I just found out, uh, Tammy said we've got over 190-some already signed up. What? Wow. So, yeah, if you don't, want your, long. If you don't yeah. want your sleeping bag out on the lawn, and I don't even know if that's allowed, you'll have to ask Tammy, Tammy at hospitalchurch.org. <laughs> but if you swipe up in the show notes today, if you're an Apple podcast, the link to it will be there. It's hospitalchurch.org slash retreat if you're of the PC typing on the keyboard persuasion. And if you've never experienced an FHC retreat, you don't know what you're missing. Absolutely worth your time and effort to be there. So as we already kind of alluded to the last few weeks were installments of our final season's greeting series where I decided that having all three of us here together to do the podcast is absolutely much more fun than just listening to myself (laughs) talk. So it is good to have us all back. All right. And then this week we started a new series. My, my, my. And the crickets abound. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Because it was all about my money, my business. And it really, the first thing, as soon as I heard what it was about, (laughs) I'm like, the secret generation. This is something that many of us grew up with. My mom would make no secret about the fact that she voted, but under no circumstances would she divulge exactly for who or for what party or anything. Nope, my business. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was a church treasurer for years, and while she had a responsibility to keep private the members in financial information and, and such... She would tell me that it was nobody's business that anyone could know another's income or wealth, and to divulge likely signaled an issue of pride or self-importance. If any one of the members would try to impress someone or, (laughs) you know, make it known what they gave, that just wasn't cool. You weren't supposed to tell. This is a no-ask, like a don't-ask, don't-tell policy. I mean, the politics I can understand as a financial advisor for quite a while, it's um, I've never seen people more irrational than when dealing with their money, whether that's just like asking them for a budget or asking them how much they save, how much they make. The whole secret generation thing just reminded me of a story real quick. There was a member of our church, she's long deceased, who would never put her offering tithe envelope in the plate hmm. because she was afraid someone might see it. <laughs> and so she would actually hand deliver it to our treasurer's home. <laughs> and I don't know if she, I never knew if she was worried that it would be too much or too little. <laughs> she was saying. So she wasn't worried about someone staking out the joint no. to make sure to see who was coming by. 
What is it about money that just puts everyone on like edge, guard up, and generally just overall agitated at the thought of people knowing anything about well, our finances? What I mean, what is the root of this? Well, I should let Jeff talk. He works with financial peace, but I will say <laughs> this before he does. Uh, money is a really serious thing because what all money is, whatever you're using as money, yeah. is really just boiled down life. We give our we give our life for by an hourly wage or for a salary or f- through investments or whatever we're doing. But we're giving our life away, and we get we get back a recognition of that life in the form of money. So when we're talking about our money, we're talking about our life, and so people do get really sort of very serious about that. I think there's a a side to it where people see. It is an extension of who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the idea of, of thinking of it as, as just boiled down life. But if it's not what, you know, there's, there's always expectations of who I am and what I'd like to be. And sometimes when it comes out in the form of money and you realize, I'm not real happy about what I just gave. And they don't say mm-hmm. that. They don't, they don't put that out there. Sure. But if we do have this my mentality about it, and so there's if I give this, so all this reservation boils into I need to be, I need to be careful about how I give, how I give this out, and we, we make it into about us. And I love Andy's sermon because it's God's money. And when we start to think about it as God's money, we start to realize, whoa, it's not my life. It's God's life. Yeah. And that's the part that I think it makes it really, really difficult for us is all of a sudden we're, we're in this dissonance of is it my life or is it God's life? I, I had one yeah. member talk to me that they had misunderstood a little bit, I think, about thinking that somehow in talking, using the story of the rich young ruler that I was saying we, we all have to give everything away. And like we have to eat and we have to take care of our families and we have to have a place to, you know. And I said, well, that's not, that's not what I was saying at all. What I, was, yeah. what I was saying is that it's God's and what's our attitude about how we manage it as opposed to having to give it all. He, he very rarely asks someone to give everything away. Sure. But, uh, but we do have responsibilities for how we manage. Yeah. But I think just like that person maybe had a little bit of misunderstanding and I think we all have... <laughs> Well, I'm sure we all have a little misunderstanding about how generous we ought to be and maybe when we ought to be. But if we aren't really thinking about this and we're not talking about this from up front and in our general communities here on the podcast, then how is anyone ever supposed to know how to get this right? I mean, this secretive thing only <laughs> breeds more ignorance. Right. And yeah. as, as a financial advisor, people would say, oh, man, people give 10%. Yeah, of their yeah. income, and I'm like, well, you or know, more even right, right, or more, <laughs> or more, and then you say Dave Ramsey and people, and those people that are already like, whoa, you just dropped the ceiling on yeah. me. Now you want me to live on a budget, <laughs> and now you want me to have a, a savings account, my emergency fund, and you know all these things, and living without debt. It's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Let's just be. Let's just first off remember whose money it is. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up, I don't think I ever got that part of it because oh, it was just like, yeah. you know, this is what we, what we make mm-hmm. and what we give. You know, my mom would always, uh, they might, you know, put, put everything in the tithe envelope, right. lick it, stick it and, you know, put it face down in the plate. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think we ever had that conversation that just was like, Hey, this is what we give. This is how we give. 
And there's such a wide range that where do you find your spot to kind of fit into this? The um, I, and you bring up Dave Ramsey, and this is not a Dave Ramsey talk show. So um, he has his own show. Let, he him, does, let, him, yeah, let him do what yeah. he wants. But there is a side to it, and I think that was helpful for some some of the people that went through it, and they didn't understand this aspect because he came to me afterwards and he said, "Boy, I never got that." Point. I'm yeah. taking Dave Ramsey for two, two. This was my second time through, he said. And he said, I didn't realize that what the purpose of was so that I could start understanding how I live my life yeah, so that I could actually use my money for something other than me. Sure. And I think we have to realize that part of God's call for giving yeah. and letting go of some of the resources he puts into our hands, again, <laughs> that he puts into our hands, yeah. uh, is really to remind us of his sovereignty, that he really is in control. He's really, mm-hmm. he has all, there's no scarcity with him. And the only reason we become miserly is because we think there's going to be scarcity. Yeah, sure. Exactly. And, and we serve a God of abundance. He is enough, and he has enough, and he always will be enough. That doesn't mean we won't suffer sometimes, maybe economically. Yeah. But the, he certainly is sovereign in the end. I found it interesting that when people look at these things, they put everything in a separate bucket. And like you said, this gentleman was just like, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't put those two and two together. And... One of my favorite part about Dave Ramsey, I mean, I, you can argue different points of Dave <laughs> Ramsey's, you know, ideas and whatever. But what I like is that when he's essentially trying to get you to a place where you are financially confident in your abilities so that you you know what to do, you mm-hmm. know how to run your life without making it a financial mess. But the end goal is to give generously. Right. And I think that we forget that instead of sometimes, you know, we forget that part about giving with a cheerful heart. <laughs> I can press the button in the FHC mobile app and give my tithes and offerings and go, uh, oh, man. Uh, or I can, I can really look at it and say, man, this is not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, sometimes I feel like God just gives little bits and pieces like this is enough to do something well, te- and, and be, be happy about it. Yeah, it teaches us to live with open hands versus closed hands. Versus closed, and yeah. It just, I mean, just the, just the posture alone, and whether it's a tiny offering, whether it's a big offering, opening our hands is a different, mm-hmm. a different sense than clutching our hands. I think that's true because for a long time, as someone who had been away from the church, I'm like, what does the church need my money for? Mm-hmm. So I can donate time. Right. And we can rationalize and maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. I'll leave that up to Andy. To decide. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a- but, you know, I think some people will say time is the thing I have the absolute least of. OK, so we'll take some time yeah. of time. And so, <laughs> so uh, there's 24 hours. That, yeah. day, that means 200. No, no. <laughs> so we'll say, you know, that's something that I have the least amount of. Right. We're so busy. Right. It's the least. So maybe that's what God wants is my time more than my money. And so. Well, he wants our life. He wants our right. life. Everything. So I do think that was the lesson behind the manna, actually. The manna issue, the manna experiment, whatever you want to call it. Because <laughs> I like that, they the couldn't, manna experiment. They couldn't hoard it. They, yeah. They couldn't keep right. more. They, they got point. what they needed, and then that was it. And, and if they tried to get more, if they tried to make it, I'm going to go out and I'm going to pick more than everybody else, you know, make it a competition. And then maggots. What yeah. Maggots the next day. The next day. Yeah. The whole idea of the joy of knowing you worship a, a sovereign God of abundance mm-hmm. is just a lesson that whatever it takes to learn, we ought, we ought to be anxious to learn because it just yeah. changes the way you live your life. If, if you're worried about 
enough, enough, enough all the time. And I, I'm not saying there aren't people that are, that are struggling with finances. I mean, right. I, I've had those my are, struggles with finances. <laughs> those are real. Those are real. Those are real. Right. Yeah. Emotions. But, but the reality is, is that even in those moments, we can back up and say, wait, wait, wait. I can't figure out how this is going to work, but I worship sovereign God who yeah. has who has enough and can be enough. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to work out. Well, it was interesting because not too long ago I had a conversation with someone who was kind of asking about, and you know, I said, I'll, I'll share what I do yeah. and whether you yeah. agree or disagree. But I said, the biggest difference is not that we've had less hardships in our life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, you know, just like sure. today before we sat down, you know, having the <laughs> septic tank pumped and the, the, uh, the water pump went out the week before. And it's like, man, this is all hitting at the same time. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to. A thousand go, here, a thousand, thousand there. Yeah, yeah. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that you're not going to have financial straits or times when you're like, well, something's going to have to get paid late mm-hmm. to make sure that this comes around. But I think the real joy in it in just comes from the fact that you don't worry about it. Right. And you just say, you know, God has never let us starve. We've always ended up getting all the bills paid eventually. And, you know, hey, even when we made nothing, God carried us through right. and it's been good. So why not give? And if you look if you look at your life and you go back and think about moments when you were generous and moments when you were penurious, <laughs> which ones bring you greater joy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's moments of generosity. I think about the times I've over-tipped. Because I just yeah. thought the waitress really or waiter really deserved that extra. You know, I felt good. I mean, I don't have <laughs> yeah. a bunch of extra money to throw around, but it felt good to extra reward them with that moment of generosity as opposed to saying, well, I can, I'll just give them whatever the minimum could possibly be. Well, I'm not going to throw a wrench in this, but I don't think it's about our feelings about how God's been treating us or how, right. you know, and how. Sure. We've been it's not, doing, a, it's not a tip or tat. I love the open hand. I, I just feel like, hey, for me, I love the feeling of being whatever God wants to do with his money. I want to have open hands so that he's free to do it That's rather right. than me trying to put a roadblock in that, that flow. He knows the septic yeah. guy needs some money. Exactly. That's right. They, were low, they, had quotas, <laughs> they had quotas this month, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I also think that when you, you live your life that way, you do find instances, at least I have personally, where people say, oh, yeah, that's a coincidence. And I, I, I'm not a big believer in coincidences. I believe that things happen for a reason. And when you are living, like you said, Jeff, with, with open hands and you're not mm-hmm. trying to hoard it, when you do something for someone, no matter how small that might be, it's almost like you can feel that moment when God was like, that was a good job. And, you know, oh, by the way, here's a little something that you weren't expecting. And whether or not it's a direct correlation or not, it still builds that positivity. And it, and it makes you feel like, you know what, I should probably just do more of this. Yeah, and it may, not be, it may not be monetary. It may be attitudinally. It may oh, right, be right. relationally. It can be all kinds of ways in which we end up benefiting without intentional. De- we aren't doing it to get the benefit, right. but the benefit comes in this trail. I do wonder if... When this ruler came to him, if Jesus realized something much deeper about his life, because the fact that you, Jesus was pretty radical with him, go sell everything you have. I think this guy wanted to follow Jesus. (laughs) And I think Jesus realized that, that maybe this guy thought that his 
reason for being in the group with Jesus would be, hey, I can add a lot of financial support, which is where a lot of times we go. I, you know, I'm, I can do this for you. I can. Yeah. You're lucky to have me on the you're team. You're lucky to have me. And Jesus goes, no, I want you without all that, which yeah. is really, really different than <laughs> most people. Yeah. <laughs> thinking. Well, what does it look like when we realize that I don't really have everything to give, anything to give, everything to give is yours. So when we realize we're, quote, managing maybe God's resources that he's giving us, but we're also concerned about, you know, trying to keep things on the down low and not let people know what's, you know, we're just trying to keep all the good deeds without getting pride in that. What does that look like then? Because if we really are managing it, then that means we should be giving. We should be supporting these different, you know, the widows yeah. and, and that. What is that? I, I think that, that we have to go back to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus does talk about giving and not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. It's a matter of giving in secret, so to speak, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not for because you want to hide your light under a bushel, so to speak, but because you don't want it to be temptation to become haughty, uh, prideful, right. all those things. And God chooses to reward beyond as well for that extra giving as well. Yeah. Well, what if someone listening is absolutely new to this concept? Overall, new to giving, maybe not necessarily maybe to helping people out, but to... Try it. To, <laughs> Just trust us on this one. It's really, really good. But what's the best advice if someone is just like, okay, this is a place I could give, but... Well, we just finished Christmas. Yeah. And I, most of us understand... <laughs> we get somebody it, else a present because it's Jesus' birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as you grow, I mean, I think if I remember... looked, Tammy and I were talking about this the other day, and we said, you know, Christmas is so much fun now when you have, you know, when there's young children... Because as young children, the excitement of getting mm-hmm. and receiving, they haven't learned yet the excitement of giving. Yeah. And for us, that's, yeah. that's the whole piece of Christmas. And that part just seems to well, come into place as you move along in your, in your journey. And so don't be afraid if you're in that early part where you haven't like, found that joy yet. But try it. But try yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, to say it's a joy to go play tennis if you've never played tennis... As opposed to a person who plays tennis a lot. Sure. It's not fun to play tennis when you don't know how to play tennis for a while. It's not fun to play racquetball until you know how to. I mean, and so Paul's writes to the the Corinthians, you know, I want you to also excel in the grace of giving. And it's a grace that we have to practice in order for it to be feel natural to us as well. So, I mean, I think the Old Testament Malachi text on tithe has been used as a a club (laughs) a lot. But also it says, you know, Bring your tithes, bring your, bring it to me, and prove me now here with Seth Lord. I'll, I'll bless you. Yeah. So I think there is something to our stubborn humanity that trying something and practicing something, that there may not be this full joy in the initial practice, but as we pr- continue to, it becomes the natural part of who, are we, who we are, and we, we would be pained to not do it, but n- not without starting. You have to, you got to start at some point. Yeah, yeah, I do think that. There needs to be a connection besides just giving. I think your heart needs to be connected mm-hmm. right. to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we'll come to this in the series, but Jesus is pretty clear that where your heart is, your treasure will be, and where yeah. your treasure is, your heart will be. Yeah. So, right. so it's really true. I mean, it, God doesn't does not need our money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has no needs of our finances, but he knows that it's in our best interest to be open channels versus closed channels. Yeah. yeah. If we join it. 
It's going to improve our lives. Just exactly. Yeah, he wants us to be Galilee, not the Dead Sea. Yeah. The Galilee right. takes wa- takes water in, in lets, water, lets out. water out. The Dead Sea just absorbs it all. Just absorbs <laughs> it all. Well, you know, for those of you who've missed us and, you know, you've been getting these great five-minute episodes, you know that we're already out of time and, you know, there's lots more we could talk about. But one of our FHC takeaways this week asked, what does it mean to you that God owns everything? And as I was thinking about that, what does it mean to me? In a way, it just brings a sense of one less thing that I really need to be worried about. Mm. Just continue to try to be as generous as you can be. Let God let you lead when he taps you on the shoulder and says, this is something I would, you know, that that could use some help. Hey, you know, let's jump on board. And one of my favorite songs speaks to this struggle of possessions and and things of this world. And it. you going to sing for us right now? I'm not going to sing. I I will read, but I I, I didn't know you could sing until the Christmas uh, communion program. So uh, if you missed that, go back and watch it. Andy did a great. No, we didn't take it. Oh, you can't even. There's a method of my madness. That's right. If you weren't there, you didn't get to hear. But in speaking to this, the last chorus of the song says, And all those lies that mattered most to me were draining me dry, making a ghost of me. And if the house burns down tonight, I've got everything I need. Mm. There's a fire coming that we all go through. You possess your possessions or they possess you. Wow. It's a catchy song, and but at the same time, when you really stop and think about it, all those things that money will tell you, that you need or this world will tell you that you need. It's all fleeting. And if the house burns down tonight, what do you have left? And it could happen. I mean, it does happen. Uh, Every day across the country, across the world, it happens. And what are you left with except those that you love, hopefully, and God? So if you'd like to share a piece of something that's made this and what it means to you that God owns everything, you can, of course, leave us a voicemail, send a text, 407-965-1607, or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And then finally, we are leaving you with something from Andy's message that when he said it, I thought I heard it right. And then I went back and read it and I really liked the way it all came together. He said, I believe God involves us as channels of resources, bringing them into our hands and then inviting us to let them go is to remind us and teach us to enable us to trust that God is sovereign. He's had a plan from before time began with him. There is no shortage, no scarcity, and when you and I choose to recognize the mistake of thinking, my money, my business, we can then come together to remember that everything is the Lord's and that when we give, we are only returning what he has given to us. It's long, but at the same time, just let that one sink in for a little bit, because I think when we really are searching Jesus on a regular basis, and this is part of that outpouring of what we can give tangibly, sometimes it's prayer, sometimes it's things that are just easy, but this is hard. No one's saying it's going to be easy, but it's so rewarding. So just think about that. Everything's already already God. You're just managing whatever (laughs) he's given you to give back. So this week will be part two. What are we diving into this week? Part two is my comfort and God's Mm. kingdom. My comfort and God's kingdom. Uh oh, there's there's something. (laughs) There's probably something about poverty in there, isn't there? My discomfort, maybe. Depending how you look at it. Well, prepare yourselves for next week. And don't forget, go online, hospitalchurch.org slash retreat and get yourself signed up and join us there. We would love to see as many there as we can. It's a great weekend together. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you always to everyone. We're all back together. And of course, each of you listening and engaging with us each week, thank you. Do join us again next week. It's episode 136 next Wednesday. Thanks for listening and have a great week.